0: You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? All right, nutrition awareness podcast time. So glad you're here, but I got to tell you right off the bat, if you have not listened to episode 71, this is actually part two of that episode. So you have to pause here and go listen to that episode all about instant gratification and how to cultivate the skill of self-discipline so that you can achieve your weight loss, healthy eating, nutrition goals. So go listen to part one if you haven't done that yet. But for those of you who have listened to episode 71, welcome. I'm about to answer that question for you that I left you on at the end of part one, which was, How the heck do you mentally direct yourself into taking the right course of action when you got that little tiny voice in your head saying, just do what you want because it feels good, order the dessert because it tastes nice, skip going to your group workout class because you're tired? No, we have to first realize that that is one of two voices in our head. You've got two voices in your head. And so what I encourage you to do is to assign them different personas, bring them to life, make them real. So you might have the devil and the angel on your shoulder, right? Or the bitch voice and your boss voice, the sheep or the lion, the peasant, the queen, whatever works and motivates you. But what works for me is to think that I've got this little voice in my head that is child Kate. So Kate, when she was eight years old, and then grown-up Kate, adult Kate. Maybe you might think of this as a child and a parent relationship. I think of it as the young, immature version of myself that still lives deep within my subconscious and then the adult version of myself that represents who I want to grow into and become. So you might hear your child voice say things like, I want more or give me this, or maybe she throws tantrums and says, but I want it. And this is all motivated, motivated by your child's desire or your desire for immediate gratification and reward. And this makes a lot of sense because children, if you think about a child, if you ever talk to one about, you know, anything, <laughs> it's very clear they have not developed that mental ability to think about long-term consequences. They can't zoom out and look at the big picture. However, adults and parents can actually help monitor the outcomes of children by setting boundaries, okay? So for instance, a child might tell his mom like, hey mom, like, I don't wanna go to soccer practice. I wanna keep playing my video game. I wanna play World of Warcraft, so whatever. But the mom wouldn't be like okay fine honey since you want to play video games it's okay no (laughs) she would tell him she'd be like no you can shut that game off and play it later you made a commitment to the team and they need you plus it's healthy to get outside and run around it is not good for you to sit in front of the screen all day so she would create boundaries and I bet you what, that kid's going to have a lot of fun when he goes to soccer practice. He's going to forget all about World of Warcraft. Or maybe there is a kid who is wanting to say like, oh, mom, can, can we stop by McDonald's on the way home? And mom says something like, no, we have dinner at home. She interjects that desire for that immediate gratification for the greater good. And even if that kid kicks and screams and says, but it sounds so good, and I want chicken nuggets, and I want a Diet Coke, we don't have that at home, mom is going to say something like, no, you don't need chicken nuggets and a soda. We have a healthy dinner waiting for us at home. We can get McDonald's on a special occasion. So think about this in your own head. Think about speaking to your child's voice in your own brain, the one that is, asking you to stay up later and watch another episode, to have dessert, to sleep in, to skip obligations, to miss out on goals that are going to contribute to your ideal self, right? As a parent, you can help redirect your own behavior in a responsible, non-restrictive way. So if you're a parent or a teacher or a babysitter, you wouldn't let the child under your care override your authority or the standards of behavior that you have set correct that kid if you did let them just boss you around they wouldn't respect you and the outcome would be quite negative right so when you let your little child voice boss you around you actually lose self-respect make sense now don't get me wrong I want to say this, there are going to be times when it's totally okay to let your child's brain win, right? That's fun. Those times are going to be special and ideally very intentional and decisive, meaning it's going to be your conscious choice to let your child brain have the ice cream or whatever it is. I mean, think about it if you were a parent or if you are a parent. You're going to let your kid eat cake on her birthday and maybe you're going to be cool and let her have it for breakfast the next day because that's fun, that's living, that isn't something that you would do 364 days out of the year. But then you would remember the consequences if you let your kid eat too much sugar and you're going to draw the line somewhere, right? You're going to encourage that she burn all this extra energy that she just ate in sugar by playing outside and getting exercise and then you're gonna make sure she has a healthy lunch and dinner. You're gonna prioritize nutrient-dense foods. You're not gonna say something like, well, you know what? Because I let Sally eat cake, I might as well just let her eat Teddy Grimm's and tacos for lunch and then order a pizza with the trough of ranch dressing to dip the crust in for dinner. No, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that to a kid, so why are you gonna make up these weird excuses for yourself? You have to be the adult of your own self. Reparent yourself. I've heard psychologists describe it as reparenting yourself, and I like that perspective. You know, one point I want to make about this is that urge that a lot of us have for taking the shortcut to reaching our ultimate goals. Skipping out on all of that hard work and relying on a crash diet, or buying into the Uh, market for fat loss pills and cookie cutter diet plans that require you to restrict yourself to inhumane lengths I mean I'm talking about those gimmicks that tell you to skip breakfast and then don't eat carbs and then you can't have any dairy unless it comes from an organic GMO free almond (laughs) and then you don't get any more than one lick of fruit per day and it must be be before 3 p.m. or you're gonna blow up like a blimp no right these are all crazy diets that are brilliantly marketed and they target you by painting this picture of your ideal version of yourself they give you the shortcut to becoming what you want to be and they do so by showing you before and after photos of people who lose like 12 pounds in two hours or something ridiculous right but you ever notice how they never show like two months or one year down the road in the after photo? No, there's a reason for this, guys. And that reason is weight regain. <laughs> These diets are not sustainable. And if you've listened to any other episodes of our podcast, you know we preach this like the Messiah. But the inevitable rebound weight gain is not the only downside to crash dieting and taking that easy route by listening to your child brain who doesn't want to put in the hard work. You might be thinking something like, But Kate, those people in the after photos, they look so happy, they're smiling, they're holding their pants that are eight sizes too big for them smiling, and I know that once I lose 12 pounds, once I actually get to where I wanna be, well, then I'll be able to have the confidence to go to a gym and work out, and I won't even want McDonald's, I won't even feel that temptation anymore, I'll be happy, I'll have the confidence, blah, 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 blah. No. I get it. I get it. There's a part in your mind that thinks that you are going to be so much better off and happier and confident and capable of doing a bunch of hard things once your body looks a certain way, which I'm not going to argue is maybe true, but only partially. The problem with achieving quick results and taking the easy route with little to no effort on your end is that you don't learn the skills it takes to sustain such a level of capability and confidence, right? You're gonna be able to make those feelings and that sensation last, and you're gonna feel a lot better about yourself when you take the path that requires you to sharpen that sword, shall we say, of mental toughness. And like climbing a mountain, You can appreciate the top of that mountain if you, I don't know, take a helicopter all the way up there, right? You're going to appreciate the view. You're going to be like, oh, that's nice. Take your photos, post them on Facebook, get some comments like, oh, what a great view. But that experience wouldn't even hold a candle to the gritty journey of actually climbing to the top yourself the climb that would have ups and downs and slips and slides and breaks and countless thoughts of giving up and calloused hands. But by God, when you get to the top of that freaking mountain after months of grueling hard work, there is going to be no shadow of a doubt that you're gonna feel like you can do fucking anything. If you just cruise up there in your helicopter, You're not gonna have the same journey to appreciate you took the easy way you paid money for someone to fly you up on a helicopter and the view is not gonna be as significant because it was not earned and no one's gonna look up to you no one's gonna be like wow kate she took that helicopter to the top of a mountain that fearless son of a bitch look at her no no one's gonna really care that much they're gonna be like oh that's nice and not really think much of it but The most important part is you're not going to look up to yourself because by taking the helicopter, by taking the fat loss pill or the cookie cutter diet or the quick route to weight loss, you will not have built the self-esteem that comes with overcoming hurdles and challenges. That's the most valuable part because that skill is key, right? So if you're trying to lose weight or get jacked Reverse insulin resistance, diabetes, lower your blood pressure. There is a lot of value of doing it the hard, old-fashioned way with exercise, diet, sleep, and lifestyle. Yeah, it's an investment in your time and your energy, but it's also an investment in your health, your body, and your self-worth. And remember that ideal version of yourself? I bet that person is somebody who is self-disciplined, who is accomplishing great things on a daily basis. And how do you think that ideal version of yourself got there? Well, he or she cultivated self-discipline by doing hard things. And I bet you want to maintain and even build on that ideal version of yourself. Self-worthy, disciplined people maintain badass results. They make decisions based on not what they feel what they are working towards. Man, easier said than done. Am I right? In fact, navigating the world by how we feel is not a smart strategy. It's not enough. And this is because our feelings, especially if you're a woman, you hear me out here, you know what I'm talking about. Our feelings are fickle. They change with the weather. And we sometimes... Say things that we feel, but we don't genuinely mean them. Therefore, when it comes to achieving a big goal, especially if that's related to our weight, our body, our health, we need more consistent controls in our navigation system, shall we call it. Specifically, the controls of logic and principles. Specific principles that dictate our desired behavior. Think about it. Think about things you've said to yourself based on your feelings. Like, oh, I felt tired. So instead of cooking, I ordered Uber Eats or I felt insecure and bloated in my body. So I didn't go to the gym. I felt stressed out from work. So I ate half a pound of trail mix, (laughs) right? Feelings are bullshit. I bet you didn't want to do any of those things, but you felt like it. So you did it. It's not very reliable. And none of those actions will get you closer to your ideal version of yourself. I don't think anybody is daydreaming about eating a whole pound of trail mix and feeling really good afterward. Feelings are fleeting. And if we're always being pulled which way, we need higher guidelines that we can abide by, that we know are gonna take us where we wanna go long term. And this is where I suggest you create eating and behavior principles to guide your decisions around food this narrows that space to compromise with yourself and leads you down your chosen best path even when it doesn't feel good even when you don't want to that's an adult strategy remember instant gratification going by how you feel is a childlike approach because That's all we have as kids. Kids don't have that cognitive ability to tap into long-term goals and outcomes using logic. Their navigation system is mostly feelings. It's mostly what's right in front of them in the here and now. Principles, however, are rooted in logic and they are specific to your desired outcome. As an example, whether you're religious or not, think about religion. In the religion of Christianity, you follow commandments to get into heaven, right? If you consistently disregard these commandments because you feel like lying, you feel like cheating on your spouse, well, then that is going to have consequences. According to that religion, there are negative consequences. Not only in the physical world, but in the afterworld. Oftentimes, minds and principles need to override our feelings. If you're going towards a long term goal, in order for you to achieve that goal, you must forego the desire to XYZ. Insert that need, that desire there. And like I said, you might get really annoyed. You might throw a fit. You might lay there in bed just. Thinking about how much it sucks for hours, but the more you parent yourself and the more you practice parenting yourself and being the adult, the boss of your own brain, the less often, the less frequent you are going to pout. Because like a kid, you're going to learn, oh, this is just the way it goes. And I have to deal with it. And you'll see that the outcome always feels great if we're talking about feelings it's so much better. It's so much better when you do something hard. It's so much better when you put a deposit into the bank of becoming that ideal version of yourself. So as we wrap up part two of this episode, I encourage you to begin brainstorming guidelines, principles that you want to live by that are going to take you into your womanhood, your manhood, your adulthood, however you identify. So some examples of principles that I've helped clients come up with. Don't eat in front of the TV or screen. It's a principle. It's a guideline. If you eat in front of the TV or screen, the negative consequences could be you overeat or you don't actually get to enjoy your food or taste the nutritious meal that you slaved over. You end up eating more than you needed to and you don't feel good. And if you're working towards a weight loss goal, not so helpful. Maybe your principle is, you make time for exercise daily, whether it's one minute or 100 minutes. No compromise, you do something. You go to bed before 10 p.m. on weeknights. You save dessert for special occasions. You eat balanced meals with your family that fit your nutrition plan 80 to 90% of the time. You don't eat if you're not physically hungry. You park away from the store as far away as you can and you take the stairs when they're available to help you get more movement throughout your day. You don't sit there in front of the elevator and ponder if you should take the elevator or the stairs, you take the stairs, you just do it. On weeknights, you don't go out to eat, you eat family dinners around the table. You limit your social media usage to one hour per day and you audit it using that feature on your phone that tells you about your screen time. Or maybe your principle is as simple as you eat a vegetable with every meal and snack. Right? These aren't rules that deny you of anything. They don't restrict you from anything. They simply create structured framework to guide your decision making in a very tactful way. They don't hold you back from anything. They lead you forward. The emphasis is on what you do and how it pays off. And yeah, sometimes it's going to suck on Thursday night to turn the TV off by 10 p.m. when you just finished an episode of a cliffhanger. But when you wake up refreshed the next morning and you get to enjoy that episode the next day, it's totally worth it, right? So there are principles that actually help you in the long term. So as you reflect on a list of eating or behavior principles that are specific to you, Remind yourself and tell yourself that you're choosing these because you're working towards a goal that is bigger than the now, that's bigger than the moment, that's bigger than that indulgence. And that should empower you and make you feel badass because guess what? Most people don't live their life that way. Most people have no values or principles or guidelines on how they live their life. They just kind of go through life doing what they feel, and wonder why they don't feel good about themselves. You need to see this as a challenge. Why? Because challenges energize you. They add fuel to the fire. They don't burden you. Challenges are exciting. Rules are not exciting, right? These principles should challenge and excite you and make you feel empowered. And I want to remind you that to feel good about yourself, you have to do things and take action. Simply being a smaller version of yourself or a more muscular version of yourself isn't enough to feel good about yourself and to have confidence. I've had lots of people walk through this office, sit down in front of me, and I'm like, what are you doing here? I mean, like if you look at them from the outside, you think, and I'm guilty of thinking this. I'm like, you are smaller than me. You have a great physique. You're fit. But they don't feel good about themselves because their day-to-day actions do not reflect that of their ideal self. They're eating like garbage. They're talking bad about themselves. They're not challenging themselves on a day-to-day basis. They have all this built-up energy that manifests as anxiety. They're not putting themselves through self-imposed challenges, whether that's fitness-related whether that's work related, whether that's nutrition related, and they're sad. And they're in a a body that I know so many people would kill for, that even I would kill for sometimes, you know, but they don't feel good about themselves because they don't have guiding principles that make them better people. So be the kind of person, no matter what body you're living in right now, or what kind of body you're working towards, that abides by your own guidelines as you shift your physical body. I mean, if you want a big reward, you got to wage harder at the table. you got to put in work. That's how life works, you guys. There's this message on social media that is just like, be happy with who you are. Uh, Accept yourself for who you are. And while that's true to a degree, if you're not happy with where you are right now, do something about it. Step into that uncomfortable situation that I talked about at the beginning of part one. Lean into the uncomfortable moments because you've come out of those better. And I bet you can think of something hard you've done in your life. You're probably really freaking happy you did it. No one's ever like, you know what? I'm really disappointed in myself for slaving away at work and earning that promotion to make more money. If I could go back in time, I would have just continued to skate by. No, 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 no. No one ever puts a lot of heart and soul and sweat and tears into something and regrets it. And that can be something huge or can be something as small as walking past a cookie in the break room. I mean, that's hard for some people. That's hard for me. It is hard for me to see that cookie and be like, Kate, you don't need that cookie. But the more I practice it, the easier it gets. And I never regret not eating the cookie. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it can be as, it can be huge. It can be as small as those little mundane day-to-day moments, but If you've got principles, if you've got principles like, I don't eat when I'm not hungry, I only save desserts for special occasions, I don't let desserts control me, and you practice those principles and you live by them over and over and over and over again, that's when you get big results. That's when you feel good about yourself. I'll end this by saying if you need help, if you need any support with the information that I covered today about cultivating self-discipline, creating intentional eating principles specific to your goals and diet needs, or if you simply need some help, a little kickstart to staying accountable to these actions, please reach out to us by means of the DAP application form. We'll help you figure out what the right path for you is because I know you might sit there and dream up and be crystal clear on what that ideal version of yourself looks and feels like but not know where to go because if you look at diet information and nutrition information online it can be very overwhelming and confusing and you might not know where to start and you might not know what's real for you and what's actually possible based on your specific goals lifestyle and level of self-awareness. So that's our job is to help you navigate those waters, help you create a personalized, healthy, sustainable plan. And then with DAP, we help you stay accountable to it. If you don't need help with accountability, we also have different traditional coaching routes where we have that initial session where we go over the plan, we create your blueprint, and then we meet up every so often for 30 minute follow-ups. So it's up to you, but the best way to figure out what the best coaching approach for you is to fill out that DAP application form on our website, nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. We do only take a few people for this program. So the sooner you fill out your application and the more thought and intent you put into that application, the higher likelihood that you will be selected. But no matter what, one of us, Megan or I will reach out to you and help you find the best path for you. Guys, I'm going to end it here. I know it's kind of on an intense moment, but I hope you feel empowered, motivated, and inspired today to start sharpening that sword. Become a self-disciplined person who is in control of his or her own actions and not at the mercy of the external world. I know you can do it. I know I can do it. We can all do it together, okay? Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.